the trivia game called I Should Have Known That. You lose points for answering incorrectly. Oh. I think you can lose anything from two points. That would be a really hard one that they give you kind of a pass on. And I think the most you can miss is nine points. That's but like you are a big fat dum-dum. <laughs> How many points did you lose? I lost eight points. Oh no! <laughs> which hand is the torch in on the Statue of Liberty? You don't know that? I took a gamble. I had a 50-50 chance of <laughs> fucked it up. Did you say left? I was picturing it, and then I got myself really confused because her left is my right. I'm always bad at that. So what you're telling me is that you couldn't be an aerobics instructor. No. Because you're For lots of reasons. <laughs> the left and right thing is the least of my problems, being an aerobics instructor. The sun is shining 24-7 Cause when we're together It feels like we're in heaven If it will get dark you'll be Welcome to episode number 5 Of Delete This History A podcast by two besties of a certain age Searching for answers We're your hosts, Bria Brown And I'm Kara Birch <laughs> How are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm a little distracted this yeah. morning Afternoon, so you don't even know what time it is That's exactly right <laughs> I got a phone call from Sean about an hour before we started telling me he was heading to the emergency room because he'd sliced open his finger with a box cutter. Excellent. So yeah, I'm a little bit worried about him, but... Yeah, that's hard to concentrate when somebody that you care about is hurt. I told him I would come up to the ER and sit with him, but he was like, there's nothing you can do. He so. is correct. So here I am. So I'm, we'll just worry here. I'm going to focus on this amazing podcast that so many people are listening to. I know. In different countries. We had a new country download. Iran. Iran? I think the title of the podcast is confusing people. I think so too. Even some people who I know who are fairly smart people cannot seem to get it through their heads that it's not a history podcast. Oh. <laughs> What else? Oh, we have some corrections and clarifications to make about past episodes that have already aired at the time of this recording. Let's hear it. Which is episodes one through three. Mm -hmm. First of all, our dear, dear friend, Cooper, Cooper Trooper, Trooper, never lived in Minnesota. Mm-mm. Saz. She lived in Wisconsin. And then she's now moved. I mean, we're we're like two states behind. <laughs> <laughs> She's recently moved to Southern California, mm -hmm. which talk about a change in weather. Yeah, no kidding. But anyway, she said that she's loving it there. Every day feels like a vacation. And I said, well, I'll try not to hate you. Mm. And then she said, and then she said, and then I said, <laughs> tell me more, baby. This is a great story. Anyway, she said that she would find something to complain about soon. And I said, that's my girl. Yeah. Because if you're not complaining, you're not interesting. I must be extremely interesting to everyone I run I into. Am, I'm windswept and interesting. Do you have any previous episode follow-ups or things to talk about? I do. Quickly, we talked about whistle pigs in episode three quite a lot. It was a very interesting search that you did. Sean and I had dinner with our wonderful neighbors this week, and they told a story about their dog coming up from the yard and he was carrying a whistle pig in his <gasps> mouth. Oh, no. It was huge. They said this thing was massive. It looked like a beaver. They thought it was a beaver at first. This is why I'm telling you the story. I was it was being silly. No, they thought it was a beaver. So then they got up here and they obviously could tell it was not. And so it bit him on the lip. Oh. Then killed it. And so they looked up, you know, are they are these rabid animals? Right. You know, what they looked them up and they learned that groundhogs are also called whistle pigs. They didn't say anything about whistle pigs. I just said, you know, I recently learned that groundhogs are also referred to as whistle pigs. And they both turned around and said, we know, we learned that when we were researching. Oh, my gosh. Cool. How is that possible? That's serendipity right I know, there. it totally is. So I thought that that was hilarious. That's very cool. I like that. We also are somehow keeping score of whether whistle pigs or beavers are better. <laughs> I don't know how it started, but I'm kind of into it now. I am too. I'm invested. Yeah. And whistle pigs are in the lead. They are. Because, A, they're cuter. They don't have those orange teeth. 
like beavers. I don't like their orange teeth. I like beaver tails. And whistle pigs can climb trees. We know this. Mm-hmm. Beavers cannot. We know this because you looked that up. Mm-hmm. And when, there was something else. Oh, they are called whistle pigs because they whistle when they sense danger to share it with the community. Yes. That, hey, there's a hawk headed our way. They're very community-minded. I bet they whistled when that dog came and um, yeah. and got Fred. <laughs> Poor Fred. R.I.P. Fred. Okay. Also, you said you needed to say something about a word. I did. This is just a funny thing that I needed to point out to you as kind of between you and me. Last week, yeah. we talked about um, human dog beds. Uh-huh. And we were talking about human dog beds. And you said, have you seen that crazy cocoon sleeping oh, yes. thing? The sleep pod. Yes. And you were trying to use the word apparatus. <laughs> and you had a little moment off to yourself while we were talking. And you're like, apparatus, apparati? Apparat- you're trying to d- figure out the plural of apparatus. And then later on, I wanted to ask you if you noticed that I had searched the plural of apparatus in my but what about this one section. Nuh-uh. I absolutely did. Because the swinging poi. Yes. The apparatus. Oh, I was trying to. my gosh. Yeah. That totally went over my head. We, it just, it cracked me up when I was editing. I was like. Oh my gosh, she is sitting there trying to figure out the plural of apparatus. And you had looked it up. And, and my, I had looked it up. And it didn't make the cut. But now it kind of does matter. So what's the plural of apparatus? Apparatus. Oh, it's one of those that doesn't really have a different plural. Yep. I had to follow that up with you because it was cracking me up. Educational. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, serendipitous. Okay. Yeah. And then you chastised me for not knowing who Jeff Lynn was in the Traveling Wilburys. Remember, I named all of the Traveling Wilburys, and then Jeff Lynn was the last name I mentioned. And you said, oh, who's Jeff Lynn? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. Oh, and I was like, I can't believe you didn't look yes. that up. Yeah. Jeff Lynn is the co-founder and lead singer of the Electric Light Orchestra. How about that? I love ELO. Kind of a big deal. Does that make me old that I like ELO? I like them too, so no, Mm -hmm. it doesn't. We're very young. So there you go. Those are kind of the things I wanted to follow up. That's great. And I really didn't chastise you. No, you Because I didn't know who he was either. That's true. I was surprised that you didn't look it up in a follow-up. Because you're so good about follow-up. I should have. Also, I was just doing what you do to me. You ask follow-up questions and I don't have the answers to them. And you're like, mm, well, I'm going to look that up. Payback's rough. I know. <laughs> Something very, 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 very exciting happened this week. What? You got a new car. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were being silly. <laughs> you were seriously asking me what. I was really excited for you. What happened? Well, what happened to Bria is she got to take a little spin in my new car. I did. You guys, I got an upgrade to what I was expecting to purchase. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Honda called. Lady backed out of the purchase and it was on the lot. And they said, you want to come in and see it? And I said, yes. And I bought it. Lady backed out of that? Yes. Crazy. I know. It's so good. So I picked up Bria on Thursday. It's very sporty. And I'm not used to riding in a normal car anymore. So I like fell into the car. Because it's real low. (laughs) Do you know what I thought when I got out of it the first time? This is high off the ground. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My little corgi legs. Of course, we were on a weird slope. That's true. So I was kind of falling into the car anyway because the passenger side of the car was higher than the driver's Mm -hmm. side. But, yeah, it was a real graceful mounting of Kara's new car. (laughs) Anyway, it's beautiful and very, very fancy. Thank you. I'm still working on names because she's so classy. Oh, yes. I do have a couple. I'm ready. They're not very classy, but they're sticking. So I'm giving them fluffy (laughs) because she's white, like a Persian cat. Yes. And Walter White. Oh. Oh, I knew you wouldn't like that one. But Walter White's kind of cracking me up. (laughs) No. She is sleek and gorgeous, and she's not fluffy. That's not aerodynamic. No, but she's white like a Persian. Yeah, but... Mm-mm. Okay, I'll keep working on it. I mean... I'll keep working on it. Yeah, yeah. I do like Angelina. I think I think it, she needs to have a lady's name. I think it is a woman. And it needs to be something like Charlize or Angelina. 
Charlize, I like. Isn't that nice? Ooh, <laughs> I'm writing that down because that just went to the top. Excellent. For someone who doesn't name her cars, I have some good ideas for car names. That's why I'm bringing it up. I knew you would. <laughs> I should search good names for white cars. Did that sound racist just now? Um, oh, now I think about it a little bit. But I that's didn't all mean right. for it to. We know my, you're not. My car's white. Now that we're all settled, tell us what we're here for. Oh, we are here for the reading of the lists. <laughs> that should be our new interstitial. It's perfect. <laughs> so much nicer. Did you hear the interstitial music in your head when I said that? And no, I didn't. Doop, 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 doop. Bar. <laughs> We'll add that in, just your voice at the end of it. And so in tune as well. (laughs) Milo's for this week. Number one, Conqueror Challenge. Number two, Killian Murphy Eye Color slash The Wind That Shakes the Barley. (laughs) Number three, Prue Leith. Number four, Seaside Hotel slash Seaside Hotel Cast slash Denmark Map slash sunset time in summer in Denmark, slash skull, meaning. Number five, last podcast on the left, spring-heeled Jack. It'll make sense eventually. I'm very curious about all of these. Your turn. Okay, here we go. Number one, rope dart. Number two, the Young Riders TV show. Number three, toys from the 80s. Number four, Baz Luhrmann projects. Number five, popular public domain songs. It's time for us to play a little game that we like to call Search Me, where we each pose one question to each other and see if she can answer based only on the reading of the lists. Kara, today you're playing for something new since you finally won the washi tape when I sweetened the pot with some pretty paper. And... I gave you kind of a softball question. You did. But anyway, nevertheless, you won. Now, I've got your mom advice and support in the back of my head from last week Mm -hmm. where you told me to not get excited because I love trivia (laughs) and to remain calm and use critical thinking skills. Yes. Really look at that list. I'm going. Before you answer. Okay. I've got your voice in my head. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. This week, you're playing for your choice. Of one of these Wallflowers refills. Oh. Bath and Body Works, please sponsor us. Yes. I love those. Oh. You can choose Limoncello. This one is Strawberry Shortcake. Oh. But it lost its tag. I'm sorry. It's okay. Or Cinnamon Spice Vanilla. Oh, my Strawberry Shortcake. All right. Well, you don't have to choose right away. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't won yet. That's all right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Also, I'm really glad that I gave you a choice because I was just going to bring the limoncello one. Limoncello would not have been a wrong choice because I was going to pick that first. And I thought to myself, try something new. So I'm playing for strawberry shortcake. Okay. Which search was performed in an effort to find a way to counteract all the sitting on my ass that all of the other searches prove that I do? (laughs) Conqueror challenge. You got it. <gasps> Come to me, strawberry shortcake. <laughs> so Conqueror Virtual Challenge, it's a virtual adventure in which you track your actual miles, walked, run, swam, anything that you can measure in distance on an app that you can sync to your favorite fitness tracker. I use, in heavy quotation marks, <laughs> Google Fit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you track your progress through these places. Oh, so it's like you're walking the Great Wall of China. Mm -hmm. And for each adventure, after you complete it, you get a big medal, like a participation medal. Like an actual? Yes, you get an actual medal in the mail. That's hilarious. I love it. Each challenge is about $20 to $35 to participate in, depending on the length. But they're kind of long. Like one of them is the English Channel. It's like 21 miles. Jeez. It's almost a marathon. Right. But you get to pick how long it will take you. Mm -hmm. You get to customize the whole thing. Okay. And you you... can even extend your time. So it's not like... A lot of pressure. Right. And then you just give up. Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. It looks so so fun. What what was the first one you chose? 
you're hilarious that you think I've actually done anything besides... Oh, you've just searched. I've just researched It's this. all right. Step one. Researching. Some of the examples that they have are the Inca Trail. Oh, that's cool. The English Channel. The Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. Paris. New York City. London. The Yosemite Trail. Yellowstone Park. Mm-hmm. And Hadrian's Wall. What's that? That is in um, England. They even have fictional destinations. Oh. <laughs> like five different challenges inspired by the Lord of the Rings. Shut your pretty mouth. I love that. So I have a very dusty stationary bike just begging to take me through the Shire. Oh, my God. I think that's the first one I'm going to pick. Absolutely should be. Because it's something completely different. Yes. I think it would be the most entertaining. Yes. To track. Oh, my. So there's a map then you're saying you can see. Oh, I love that. You put in your distance every day that you've ridden or walked or whatever. And you can change it every day. You don't have to do the same thing every day. Oh, so you you could could swim one day Mm -hmm. and walk the next day or whatever. You enter your distance and then it calculates that and puts you on the trail. Can you see other people? You can form teams. Okay. Are you inviting me? I think it would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. You know what I think would be really awesome? What? If we could get some Delete This History listeners <gasps> oh, to all form a team. That would be We all just riot. make a commitment to that do it. I love that. That's a cool search. That was it. All right. So what question do you have for Mawa? Okay. And what am I playing all for? All right. So you're playing for... Oh, I remember now. The holdover from last week. Yes. The flat iron um, building is on the front of this New York notebook. Yes. And my little face is inside. That's right. Okay, so that's what you're playing for again. Okay, okay. This week, which of my searches made me think of a former boss of ours at the television station? Now, you can do this. I'm going to reciprocate your advice. All you got to do is think through it. Mm -hmm. I got it. I knew that you would. Baz Lerman Projects. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> can you hear it? I can. I can hear him singing like, some Moulin Rouge right now. <laughs> In the fashion of yeah. Ewan McGregor. The yelling. Yes. Yell singing. That's one of the times at that job that I've laughed the hardest. Yeah. Hearing Tram try to sing like you. <laughs> He was pretty good at it, actually. It was a pretty good impersonation. (laughs) But we were so incensed that he would make fun of that. I'm still incensed, but it's still funny because I love that movie. I think I was mostly incensed because it was so accurate. (laughs) He was a very funny person, always making us laugh. But that was was a classic for sure. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I get the, the notebook. notebook is yours. And why were you looking up Baz Luhrmann projects? Okay, so I was looking that up because I was listening to the Elvis soundtrack. Um, did you go see Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis? No. Oh, you should. I will say, I'm a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. This movie was a little long. It, it needed some editing. But it was enjoyable. The music is fantastic. And that's what prompted me to do this search is I was listening to the Elvis soundtrack from that movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what's he got coming up? Mm -hmm. So I searched and you won't believe what he's getting ready to do. Are you a Baz Luhrmann fan? Uh, Half and half. Okay. His next project that he has lined up, this is according to a Vanity Fair interview with him. Yeah. It's an extended version of his movie Australia with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. It's becoming a six-part series on Hulu called Faraway Downs, which that was the name of her farm. Mm -hmm. It will use footage from the original film. It will have a new ending and refreshed music. Did you see Australia? I don't think I ever made it to the end. So the new ending. so long. Yeah. When you said... Are you a fan of Baz Luhrmann? That was the movie that popped into my head that made me think, not always. Is that right? Yeah. I thought your kids might be excited about this one because they love Australia so much. Oh my gosh, probably, yeah. I thought I would share this one. But anyway, I encourage you to watch Elvis. It's great. Soundtrack is great. It's better than Australia. 
Sorry. Sorry, Baz. Love you. Are you ready for me to really reveal how shallow I am? You know why I haven't watched Elvis, the movie? No. Because I don't think that guy looks like Elvis, and I think he's fug. Oh, it. you have to let that go a little bit, because he does not look like Elvis. I agree. I thought the casting for that was terrible. It just turned me completely off of the whole thing. I was. I thought, sorry, dude, I don't know who you are, but... Mm-mm. I'll tell Baz your feedback. Yeah, you really should. Just and tell him. Listen, next time he has a casting decision to make, <laughs> call BB. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a segment that we call Shared History, because you and I have a shared history of about 20 years. Yes. And now we're going to share another kind of history, our internet search histories, which are always fascinating. <laughs> So <laughs> fascinating. You've already heard my good intention search for uh, Conqueror Virtual Challenges, mm-hmm. where I'm actually going to like, I don't know, get my heart rate up. Remember that time when I tricked my smartwatch into thinking I was exercising? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's... I was putting on tights. <laughs> and my smartwatch told me, good job, <laughs> keep up the good work. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with, people. It's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> like, I can picture it. I wasn't there, but I can picture the whole thing. So you have to understand why Conqueror Challenge is probably going to be a process, not just, you know, yes, I'm going to do this. But anyway, the first search I want to talk about mm-hmm. in shared history is Killian Murphy Eye Color slash The Wind That Shakes the Barley. I finally saw Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. So good. The introvert in me says I probably could have just waited and watched it at home. Same. Because people in theaters be annoying. But he should really get an Oscar for that, I, I think. I agree. For that role and that portrayal. I mean. I also think Christopher Nolan should get an Oscar for Best Director. Yeah. And Emily Blunt. Oh, she was good, She was too. amazing. And Robert Downey Jr. Do you know, it took me a hot minute to realize that was him. Me, too. I told Clint that at the end of the movie. I said, I don't even want to admit how long it took me to figure out that that was Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Because you can't just whip out your phone and check IMDb or whatever. And I don't in look... In the theater. I do not look at movies ahead of time. I don't do a lot of research. I want to go in. I might read the plot line. I might watch a trailer. Right. But I don't like I don't like preconceived notions. No, no, I want no. to go in clean. Same. And so at one point I was like, man, his gestures. Yeah, this guy are is so, so familiar. Yeah, this guy is so familiar. What have I seen him in? Fans only. <laughs> Only fans. Oh, shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I am. I am serious. <sighs> yeah. So Robert Downey Jr., he should probably get an Oscar as well. I would agree. But you know what else should get an Oscar? What? Killian Murphy's eyes. Were you mesmerized by his eyes? Yeah. I've, I've seen some quotes. In fact, I think I saw a quote from Matt Damon about how distracting it was to act opposite him because of his eyes. Yes. I read the same thing when I searched this. Oh, shoot. Did I just mess up? No. But he hates when people mention his eyes. Oh. I guess because you got eyes like that, everybody says something about your eyes. Of course they do. And you get real sick of it. It's like me with my dimples. I've never said anything about your dimples. I know. And I wonder what's wrong with you. I love your dimples. Mm. It's the most remarked about thing when I meet somebody or... I'm around somebody for a while, and they're, oh, my gosh, your dimples. I'm like, what the hell? That it's, is It's my face. There's nothing about me that anyone ever... No, that's not true. What is it? More people that I have known throughout my life have said they've remarked about my laugh. Mm. Well, you're a woman of a million laughs. I have a bunch of them. You've got a bunch of different ones. I do. You've got the one that only dogs can hear. I have the big old belly laugh. Oh, yeah. That's my standard. But people typically, it's mostly coworkers yeah. that I've worked with. They're like, your laugh makes me want to laugh. Yeah, it's very contagious. But I'm always ready to laugh. I've got laughs loaded. We had a friend who's no longer with us. 
And I can still hear her laugh. It was a really good laugh. And so anytime I have like a reaction to something where I just go, (laughs) ha, I'll say, oh, I just, I just Caleb laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Her laugh was contagious as well. So he doesn't like it when people binge in his eyes. No, he doesn't. He just hates when people make a big deal about it. Well, I thought in this movie that he was wearing contact lenses because they were so vivid. I watched him in Peaky Blinders. I watched that whole series, mm-hmm. and I loved it, mm-hmm. minus the last season, which, because, you know. Don't say anything. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying. These hit shows, the last season, it's always kind of like, what the F? I, I don't know if they're just trying to wrap it up or they're all tired of it. or I, I don't know. But anyway, I loved that show, Peaky Blinders. Loved it. And I don't remember his eyes being that distracting. Now, maybe it's because they weren't like the size of a three-story building on my home TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that they enhanced his eyes in some of the... They might have. With CGI. Do you think in Peaky Blinders he was wearing contacts to... Mask his eyes, maybe? Mm -hmm. Oh, I never thought about that. That's interesting that you didn't notice them as much in Peaky Blinders. You know what, though? I didn't notice them in Batman. Right? Hmm... He's been in a ton of other things, like, um, what was that movie that I dragged you to see, even though you don't like war movies? Oh, 1918. Mm-mm. <laughs> 1918 the one when I kicked my chair back. <laughs> <laughs> in this quiet theater. <laughs> it made, like, a whale noise. <laughs> it was such a serious movie. <laughs> we got so tickled and it just got worse because we were trying to be quiet we were on the back row yeah yeah so the sound like just went forward through the whole theater you were like oops it's like oh no <laughs> so Oh, gosh, I'm crying. <sighs> I'm trying to think of the name of the movie where all the people go in their boats and save the Dunkirk. People. Oh, my God. Thank you. I did not see Dunkirk. I still oh. haven't seen Dunkirk. So It's a really good movie. And I've heard that. He's in it, <clears throat> and I don't remember his eyes being that crazy. I think you need to do some further research to find out what color his eyes were. Just watch all those movies and shows again. Oh, yeah. And really look at his eyes. Okay, that brings me to The Wind That Shakes the Barley. I really want to watch this. This is from when he was younger. This is like from before Peaky Blinders. Oh, okay. And I was hungrily searching for anything that he's been in that I haven't already seen. And this one's pretty critically acclaimed. It's an Irish movie, and it's a period piece. Well, I shouldn't say during the Troubles, because everything was during the Troubles. But, you know, it was. A, it's about that subject. But unfortunately, it's not on any of the thousand platforms that I already subscribe to or that I can get for free. So I have to do more research because I'm obsessed with finding it somewhere to watch it. Okay. But I don't want to do it illegally. Mm -hmm. I'm not down with that. I bet it's if you go to Ireland, you could watch it there. (laughs) Duly noted. Good idea. Thank you. Okay. All right. So what's the first one you want to talk about? I want to talk about rope dart. Someone at work. Saw the swinging poi guy. You have a witness. On a different day, on a different street. What? Yes. So he's just walking around town swinging his poi? He is. That's what he does. So they happened to bring it to me, like they they brought it up to me. And I, you know, we had a little conversation about it. And so then I got to share my search about swinging poi. And I was able to educate my coworker about it. Then I was trying to find a video or a picture to show this coworker, and I ran across rope dart, and I thought, well, that's super interesting, and so I looked that up even further. According to Wikipedia, rope dart is also called rope javelin, all right? Yeah, okay. Okay, it's a flexible weapon used in Chinese martial arts during ancient times, so it's a long rope with a metal dart attached to the end of it, and it was used to throw at long-range targets, and then you could pull it back to yourself and use it again. You twine it up, and you can shoot it, and you can use any joint, like your foot or your knee, as 
the anchor point. Oh, okay. Like wrap it around? Yes. Okay. And so that actually creates more force or momentum to it. And you use your other hand to shoot it out and then you pull it all back. I was like, this reminds me of something I've seen before. I believe I've seen this like in movies or something. Yes. The thing that popped into my mind was Jackie Chan in Shanghai Noon with Owen Wilson. Did you ever see that? No. You rolled your eyes like, why would I waste Kung my time? Kung Fu movies. Oh, I love Jackie Chan. I'll watch any Kung Fu movie pretty much. Really? I love them. We can't so, be friends anymore. Anyway, right. so I did look up a little clip from this, and I thought you might be interested to see it. And maybe we could even link to this on our social media. Yeah, perhaps. I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, we could put it in the show notes. I don't know if I can pull it up because I'm an old gal. And, you know, technology is hard. Okay. So in this movie, rather than a dart, he finds a horseshoe on the ground because it's a Western. Mm -hmm. And so he ties the horseshoe to the end of the rope and performs rope dart maneuvers. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. He is pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. So anyway, that was just a little, I thought I'd have a visual for you. That particular fight scene took three days and 56 takes. Oh, Just a little Lord. fun fact there. It's kind of like us trying to get this podcast started today. That's a fact. Wow. Jackie Chan is 69 years old, by the way. Jeez Louise. That segues quite nicely into my next topic if you're finished with rope dart. Let's do it. Prue Leith. I think I know who this is. This is Prue from okay. The Great British Baking Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or for those of us too lazy to type it all the time. TGBBS. <laughs> so every time a new season comes out, I put off watching it for whatever reason. Like I'm not in the mood or whatever. That's weird. It is so weird. I gobble it up like candy. No. And then I finally break down and watch it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love this show. Why and how did I wait so long to watch the season? Every time. That's really weird. It's so stupid. You fight with yourself. Yes. It's like I forget how great it is and how much I love it. And I have to convince myself to watch it. And then I watch that first episode and I'm like, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. So stupid. Jackie is my Great British Baking Show buddy. Okay. She watches them with me. And she really likes it because, well, there's a routine to it. It's kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. So she likes that. And she likes that they have a lot of different people from different walks of life. And it's a very diverse kind of a show, Mm -hmm. which I agree. Jackie and I were watching season 10. And I think Noel made a dig on Prue about her hoity-toity background. And I was like, you know, I don't really know anything about her. I didn't know that she was hoity-toity. And she never comes across as hoity-toity to me. I don't know anything about her either. Mary Berry, yes. Mm -hmm. She seems very prim and proper and butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, even though she's sweet as can be. (laughs) But you know what I mean? She is very home counties kind of proper. Mm -hmm. But Prue has never struck me as that. Like they always joke about how she likes to drink, uh, like how she always likes the recipes with alcohol in them. And she wears funky jewelry and funky clothes. I always just see her as kind of eclectic and whatever. And she is fascinating. Oh, do tell. And her life is incredible. Here are some fascinating facts I learned strictly on Wikipedia. I didn't need to go anywhere else. Okay. Don't come at me, people. Here are fascinating facts I learned on Wikipedia about Prulith. She's from South Africa. Her mother was an actor. One of her sons is a conservative party member of parliament. Oh my gosh. Since 2019. Okay. She adopted a daughter from Cambodia. She's a restaurateur, TV presenter, and a writer of cookbooks. I didn't know she was restaurateur. That's how she got her start. She was the first woman appointed to the British Railways Board, where she improved its catering fare. (laughs) Of course she did. Oh my gosh. And she's also been instrumental in improving food in British schools and hospitals. (sighs) Good for her. And for infants. That's awesome. There's more. Okay, keep going. It's not all about food. She's also a novelist. So I got to read me one of those books. Well, absolutely. And while chairing the Royal Society of Arts Mm -hmm. in her spare time. Of course. Or whatever. 
She was part of the campaign to have contemporary art installations installed on a rotating basis on the fourth empty plinth in Trafalgar Square. None of those words computed with my brain. So apparently in Trafalgar Square, there's four plinths. Uh, Oh, oh! Like columns. Yes! And then three of them have things on them, and then one was empty, like traditionally. And she was part of the campaign to have contemporary artists be able to display their art there on a rotating basis. Oh my gosh. Get some exposure. That's so cool. And this is the one. Just hold on to your seat. I'm ready. She's currently the chancellor of a university in Edinburgh, Scotland. (laughs) Like a real university. What the crap? Like with real coursework and majors and like... (laughs) And she's not like some honorary chancellor. It's like a job. She actually does that job. Oh, my word. I have so many questions. But here's the question I have. What the F am I doing with my life? No, no. Don't go there. (laughs) Don't do it. That's exactly what I thought though when I read all that. Don't implement Weltschmerz. What am I doing? Mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. What did she go to school for? Did she go to school? She, there are so many other things that I didn't even put oh in here. Oh, my goodness. She also has founded a culinary school yeah. in South Africa. So I'm sure she went to culinary school and was going to be a chef and a restaurateur and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing with your life? <sighs> I'm like, I'm recording a <laughs> podcast today. I don't have time to do anything else. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, let's just uh, be a chancellor at a university, and then I'll go do some taping of Great British Baking Show. And <laughs> Wow, what? that is impressive. Anyway. We'll start today, Bria. She is fascinating. She's a fascinating lady. Wow, I'm really impressed. I am, too. I have a whole new respect for her. I really do, too. Huh. So she can have as many martinis or rum or whatever the heck they always Absolutely. tease her about. Absolutely. She deserves it. Yep. She's earned them. What's your next one? The Young Riders, the TV show from 1989 to oh, 1992. My goodness. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. They were the Pony Express. Mm-hmm. So this search originated from watching the Josh Brolin episode of Hot Ones. I love him. He's such a good actor. Love him. On the Hot Ones episode, the host brought up the fact that Josh Brolin was on the Young Riders. And I never, never put it together. Never put it together. So I went and looked it up on IMDb and realized that the guy that he played, James Butler Hickok, I was in love with him. 12-year-old Kara wanted that guy to be her boyfriend like you would not believe. Oh, my. I was so in love with him. Aww, he was so kind cute. of a bad boy and he had longer hair yeah, like yeah. Johnny Damon in the old days and he always wore black and so he was kind of a bad boy oh, yeah, yeah. I had this crazy nostalgic wave <laughs> and I had to pause the show because my brain just was so excited to think about that show again and how much I liked it and I haven't thought about that show in so long I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the nostalgia, you just had to be in my brain. And the fact that I didn't realize that was him makes me really mad because I love him so much. Well, it's like when you see somebody outside of their normal environment and you don't recognize them. That's true. Like when you see your teacher at the mall. Right, or something like like that. I thought you lived at the school. Right. But anyway, that was just a super fun trip back in time for me because I was obsessed with that show. So then I had to look up and see if I could like watch it anywhere. Oh, yeah, can you? Or buy the DVDs or something. It's on one of those free TV, like Freebie yes. or Pluto or something like that. Tubi. Tubi. Uh-huh. So guess what I'm going to start watching? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin is on that show. Oh Do you gosh. remember? I bet there are tons of people. There are. But it's so fun to see people yes. before they were stars. Yes. Well, incidentally, the Hot Ones episode with Josh Brolin was really good. It made me like him even more. Also, do you want a head-blowing experience? <laughs> Here's some more serendipity. Peyton and I have moved on from the story of us, which was the American history program that yeah. we were watching. Now we're watching... 
the story of all of us, which is about the history of mankind. Oh, my. Guess who the narrator is? Josh Brolin. You got it. And that was this week that you started watching that. And I, oh, my gosh. How do we do stuff like this? I don't know. It's weird. All right. What's your next search? My next search was, I'm not going to say the whole thing because it's so friggin' long. Seaside Hotel is a Danish show that takes place in the 1920s at a seaside hotel. What? In Denmark. And it's subtitled. Very charming. I don't watch a lot of subtitled shows because I like to do other things while I'm watching shows. Mm -hmm. Not really watching the show. I'm kind of just listening to the show. Mm -hmm. Can't do that, obviously, when someone's speaking Danish. Mm -mm. Unless you know Danish. And I I don't. In fact, they kept saying a word. Skull. The skull. Skull? The skull. And I was like, what the heck is that? But I like learning new words and phrases and stuff like that in other languages and Mm -hmm. picking up on things that they repeat like oh that's what that word means and whatever and so i looked it up and it's a cape at the northern tip of denmark and it's used in the series as a shortened name for cape skolgen in jutland and it's kind of like going to town because they're kind of in a remote location on the beach at this it's not really a hotel it's like um a bed and breakfast really it's just a big house okay I also learned that Denmark experiences 17 hours of sunlight in the peak of summer. Holy cow. Day. So in the show, I kept wondering why everyone was going to bed when it was still bright outside, like daylight. <laughs> we're like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. It's like, what in the hell? It looks like dinner time. You know, you could tell the light was a little bit. It wasn't like midday sun or anything, but mm-hmm. it was bright. Like, That's what is happening? So they're so far north. That they get so much sun in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's why. That's a lot of sun. So you have to go to bed when it's still light outside in the summertime. Okay. If you want to get more than four hours of sleep. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't do math. It would be seven hours. But still. You know, they'd get up early in the morning and go swimming. It's, It's late 1920s. Okay. At the start of this series. It's very wholesome. It's nice. Well... Because I searched Young Riders and I was living just like swimming around in a pool of nostalgia, I got to thinking about toys that I played with when I was a kid. So I just popped in toys from the 80s. What was your favorite toy from the 80s? Barbies. Yeah. You didn't have anything else that you were... Um, Big Wheels. I liked Little People. Oh, Fisher Price? Uh-huh. Me too. I actually wrote that one down on my list. We were big Little People kids big little people kids that was the strangest sentence i think i've ever said and we had these weird things it was based on the richard scary books oh yes and we had like a farm Mm -hmm. and it was called puzzle town i think is what it was called okay and you had like these plastic platforms with like grooves in them or it was like a grid pattern that was kind of carved into it and you would have pieces of buildings that you would put into the grooves. We had a farm where you could put pumpkins in the grooves. Aww. Like they were growing pumpkins. And we had a town. And they were so fun to play with. It was so fun just to set it up. Uh-huh. Puzzle town. We were a big Richard Scary family. Oh, man. We were not Cat in the Hat. I didn't even know what Cat in the Hat was until I got to school. Never heard of it. No Dr. Seuss, eh? None. I also loved Barbies. Mm-hmm. My Little Pony was... The shiz. Mm-hmm. I really like My Little Pony. Those were the main two toys that I loved when I was really little. But I also had Rainbow Bright dolls. Mm-hmm. And my Cabbage Patch doll came along eventually. Yes, I had a cab- I had two Cabbage Patch dolls. I did two. My first one was homemade by my mom. So you could buy like a knockoff Cabbage Patch doll kit at Walmart. That is dedication. And she, well, she made one for both Holly and me. And you had to use a needle and thread to make the fingers and the toes like in the... Well, she did that for Holly's, and it was so much work. She didn't do it for mine. I'm not bitter, just saying. (laughs) I'm picturing this doll without any fingers (laughs) and toes. Yeah, it's just just like sock hands. Uh It's all right. It was fine. I loved that doll to death. What was its name? Emily. Emily. I named her Emily. But then I got an actual Cabbage Patch doll when I was nine. Oh. Dorothy Greta. Oh, so you kept her name that she came with. Yep. 
I did. It was on her birth certificate. My first Cabbage Patch doll was named Birdie Emma. Birdie. And, and I hated it. Oh, I kind of like that name. I do now. Because <laughs> you're old. But I hated it then. Did but you I kind of hated everything about that Cabbage Patch doll oh, because my. here's what a brat I am. And we have pictures of this documenting this. Picture it Christmas, 1987, <laughs> Erlanger, Kentucky. My parents bought two Cabbage Patch dolls. One for Heather, who's five years older than me, and one for me. But they didn't specify whose was whose. And they wrapped them and they said, pick whichever box you want. Okay. This was always going to be a disaster. Yes. It's just, they're just setting you up. Heather being the good big sister that she was, even when she wanted to punch me in the face most of the time, (laughs) let me pick which box. So I got first pick, but Mm -hmm. you, you don't know what it is. It's wrapped. It's wrapped. I wanted a bald Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh, yes. I wanted one of the preemies. Yep. And I wanted it so bad. And so I picked the box. She got the leftover box. We opened them up. She got the preemie. Oh, no. I got the doll with the hair. Named Birdie Emma. Stupid Who I renamed Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) I threw a holy rolling fit. Oh, no. I was maybe six or seven. I was so pissed. Because <laughs> I didn't get the one I wanted. Oh, my gosh. And we were not the kind of kids who got all the latest fad toys. or Right. So this was not like it was a given that we were going to get Cabbage Patch dolls for Christmas. This yes. was a very special occasion. It was a big deal. It was a big deal because they were not cheap. And I was such an effing brat. Christmas was ruined. So there's a picture of Heather posing with her doll, her preemie doll, Conrad, eh, smiling. And in the background, Colleen's talking to me. (laughs) And I am like, you can tell by my posture, by everything. Oh, my. I got to find that that picture. Yes, that would be a really fun one to find. I think our listeners would like to see that as well. Oh, I bet they would. They'd be like, wow. So we were the same way. We did not get... The most popular toys, you got what you got. Get what you get and don't throw a fit. Yes. I wanted a, well, there were a couple things I really wanted that I never got. And one of them was a gem doll. Oh my gosh, gem. Truly outrageous. I wanted a gem doll. She's excitement. Like you would not believe. I kind of still want a gem doll, to be honest with you, just to get it out of my system just to check that off the list those dolls were cool because they, they were bigger than barbies they were huge and just her outfit was awesome her hair was i just wanted that doll i had a so friend bad. who had all the gem lineup oh, she really? had all the gem dolls including rio everybody has that friend who got all the popular awesome toys man and you hated them but you also wanted to hang out because you wanted to play with those toys yeah but they don't let you play with them mm-hmm. they'd be like these are my toys have fun over there with your peaches and cream Barbie. <laughs> Who was badass, by the way. She was. She had that great big old frilly oh, dress. It was amazing. That gem doll also had the earrings that lit up. Do mm-hmm, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway, I also wanted a She-Ra action figure like you would not believe. So one year, I got an Angelica action figure from She-Ra. She was the queen of the land, and she had... Wings, like she had angel wings. Yes. Well, I got her for Christmas, and then I also got Swiftwind, who was Shira's horse. Oh yes, uh huh. The alicorn. You know what an alicorn is? No, I it's, don't remember. It's a unicorn with wings. Uh, so it's like a, a pegasus, pegasus with, with a, a horn. Yes. Yes. So alicorn. Um, get it right. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. So I got Swiftwind. Mm-hmm. And I got Angelica, and I was so mad at Santa because Angelica doesn't need She-Ra's horse. She has her own wings attached to her body. She doesn't need a flying horse. And I was like, Santa got this so wrong. Santa did not watch She-Ra. I was so mad. It's like, he picked the wrong one. I also had a Care Bear. <sighs> I had Friend Bear. I ran across an article while I was searching, just looking through all these 80s toys. Mm -hmm. And it was called The Nine Most Dangerous Christmas Toys Ever Made. Oh, yes. I love these lists. It was published by safehome.org. And I'll just run through these real quick. CSI Fingerprint Analysis Kit, 
It contained trimolite, was a fatal form of asbestos in the powder that you used to dust for fingerprints. Hello. Uh, lawn darts, obviously, is right. That's probably at the top of every dangerous Have toy list. Have you seen new lawn darts? No. The new version? Look at it. I up. didn't think they were allowed at all. Well, they're not darts anymore, but it's just look it okay, up. Okay, I will. I will. They're so lame. Flubber from the 1960s. Oh, yeah. And then knockoff Flubber, like the mm-hmm. some knockoffs. Both of them were giving kids really bad rashes and sore throats oh. when they played with them. Oh, gross. What the hell? Wego, I think I'm saying this correctly. It's W E G O, Wego kite tubes. It's a giant inner tube, but it was solid. There's no hole in it. And so either very brave or very stupid people would climb on this and you hook it up to a speedboat. And as the boat picks up speed, it lifts off the ground and you just hang on for dear life. Oh, my Lord. I'm looking at a picture of it. Three people were killed and it was finally pulled from shelves in 2006. Holy crap. How insane is that? The next thing was clackers. We talked about oh, these yes. briefly last week uh-huh. when we were swinging poi. Yeah. <laughs> clack, 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 clack. Yes. So these were made of very heavy acrylic and kids, you know, since they were swinging them yes. and they were standing next to their best buddy, they were getting hit in the face and hit in the eye and they were causing problems. Yeah, I mean, like concussion. injuries, injuries. Yeah. So those were on the dangerous list. Water beads. Um, they're very small and colorful, and so lots of kids were swallowing them, and then those they expand when they hit water. So in one of these, there was a report of a girl swallowing a hundred of them, and so she spent a lot of time in the ER just pooping these things out. <laughs> there was another report of a boy swallowing one, and it expanded to the size of a racquetball in his intestines, and they had to have he had to have surgery. Oh. Oh my gosh. I know. Then the Gilbert Atomic Energy Lab. Oh, yes. This I is saw from this. the 50s. Yes. That had actual uranium based ores. Mm-hmm. What? I know. Oh my gosh. And it came with a Geiger count. Yes. <laughs> and last but not least on the list was Black Panther Wakanda Battle Claws. <laughs> <laughs> That's recent. So it was recent, and they they haven't pulled them. But it was just on the list as a very ill-conceived toy because, you know, you've got a five-year-old with these things on. They're just slashing around and they were causing facial injuries. And I just thought that list was really interesting. It made me laugh and also cringe a lot. So you should look up. I think it's on Netflix. The Toys That Made America, I think it's what it's called. Okay. And it's about 80s toys. Well, even further, because they talk about Barbie and G.I. Joe, like the originals. Okay, I'll check it out. You and Sean would love it. All right, my last search. Yes. Is last podcast on the left, Spring-Heeled Jack. The three guys have this new-to-me hilarious podcast. It's called The Last Podcast on the Left, and it has nothing to do with politics. It's a great title. It's just wild and often inappropriate. It is not politically correct. <laughs> they do accents of all different nationalities, and these are three white guys. And it's, so it's more than bordering on offensive most of the time. But life is just a joke to them. Okay. And they talk about all different things. It's kind of like Box of Oddities in that way. They just talk about stuff that they're interested in. And then I think once a week they have an episode where they talk about stuff that's in the news. Oh, yeah. Or in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening today and they were talking about some woman who yelled something on a plane about... That person isn't real? Yes. I know what you're talking about. So they were discussing her. Mm-hmm. And they were discussing the lady who the snake fell from the sky because the hawk dropped it. Oh, yes. They were discussing that, which is nightmare I, fodder. I did not read that story, but I did see that headline. It is insane. And I've actually had nightmares about snakes falling from the sky. God. So, yeah. Oh, my word. Anyway, um, it's just funny and a little bit random, and they, and they do all different things. And I was listening to My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. a comedy true crime podcast, <laughs> which you might not think that those two things go together, but they do. And there are lots of them out there, and I listen to many of them. One of the hosts on that show was saying, oh, my gosh, you guys, you've got to listen to the last podcast on the left, their Spring Heel Jack episode. 
and I love anything that has to do with Victorian Britain. And I've always been fascinated by the accounts of Springheeled Jack, which was a Victorian British kind of cryptid type creature. Okay. It wasn't human because it could bound like from the ground to the top of buildings and like jump from building to building, hence the name Springheeled. I gotcha. But he was mischievous. But he went further than mischievous. Like, he would assault women oh my. on the streets in sexual ways. Good grief. And then he would escape by jumping up onto buildings and whatever. And people who encountered him had all these, like, horrific descriptions of him. Like, his terrible breath and his... I mean, just... It was really weird. And who knows if people were just saying that to get attention or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But... <laughs> There was one guy in particular of the three who kept pretending like he was spring Jack. So he was like, <laughs> slippity slap, spring Jack. And he had like this really high-pitched voice. It was hilarious. And I laughed my butt off. And then they had done like a YouTube cartoon of just that segment oh. of them talking about that. So it's the three guys. It's kind of like when Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant... And Carl Pilkington had their little radio show podcast thing, and they would animate oh, it. I forgot about that. And it was so funny seeing their animated people talking, but then they would also insert a reenactment or cartoons of what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they did here. Okay. The dude who was pretending to be Spring Heeled Jack. They put him in the situations in a cartoon form, and it's only like three minutes, but I sent it to you. Oh, okay. So that you can watch it. Anybody else who wants to watch it, just go on YouTube and say, last podcast on the left, spring Jack. It's hilarious. It's just so funny. I can't wait to watch it. Nerds. Nerd alert. (laughs) All right. I only have one more. And it's pretty quick. I'm always trying to sing on this podcast. I know. Because I'm a singer. I just like to sing. All the time I sing to the dogs and they love it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to look up public domain songs and maybe I can find some songs that I could just sing on our podcast. They could be your standards. Yes. So I found a few. They're so old. (laughs) (laughs) Camp Town Races. (laughs) Not racist at all. Mm -mm. It had to be you. (laughs) Turkey in the straw. Also racist. Also racist. (laughs) Till we meet again, there's a long, long trail. There's a long, long trail winding. You don't know that one? Mm-mm. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag. I do know that one. It's a long, long way to, to temporary. temporary. Mm-hmm. Keep the home fires burning. Keep the home fires burning. Mm-hmm. I got too low. You don't know that one? Uh-uh. Casey Jones. I don't know that one. Casey I, I'm a, Jones. Dun, 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 dun. Is Casey that Jones. the railroad thing? Yeah. Okay. Toyland. I don't know if that's that super annoying song. Oh, I don't even want to get it in my head. Yeah, yeah. It's Let's so just annoying. On. Meet me in St. Louis, Louie. Oh. Meet me at the fair. Pomp and circumstance, <laughs> baby. Oh, yeah, that comes up so often. <laughs> I'm just going to start singing Pomp and Circumstance on this <laughs> and take me out to the ball game. I could bust that out for some reason, I'm sure. Yeah, you could. That was the end of my fifth search for the week. What about this one? What about this one? Don't you want to know? I do. Okay, so this is my quick listing of the other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss, but we might discuss in a future episode. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, here we go. I have 10 that did not make the cut. Map of France, Easter Island statue name slash Moai. Number three, Sandy Toxvig. Number four, when was prohibition? Full question. Number five, Calculators, solar-powered manufacturers. Number six, U.S. drug cartels. Number seven, podcasts affected by the writer strike. Oh, that's a good question. Number eight, Joanna Lumley, husband, slash Roger Allum, and Joanna Lumley married? (laughs) (laughs) They're not. Nine, dress with pockets. Ten, 
Italian lira to U.S. dollars calculator. You planning to go to Italy? No, I watched a crazy docu-series about some Italian people. All right. Wow, that was an eclectic search list. It was an interesting week. All right. Here's mine. The Good Place TV show. White Claw Flavors. <laughs> TV show where the wife always cooks lemon chicken for the husband, but he secretly hates it. Everybody loves Raymond. I couldn't remember. <laughs> what is peri-peri sauce? <laughs> Question mark. What is a pepper do? How much over-the-counter allergy medication can I take? <laughs> I'm dying. Simple folk song for choir audition. Uh Origin of the phrase, what's your name? Put and tame. Ask me again. I'll tell you the same. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) You just have to look it up. Oh, 2023 Honda Accord Hybrid Sport versus 2023 Honda Accord Hybrid Sport L, which is what I ended up with. Chocolate wacky cake recipe. Chuck Todd Departure from Meet the Press, A Beautiful Mind, the movie, Who is Emma Chamberlain, FIFA World Cup schedule, and Symphony Orchestra season tickets. That was my whole list. Wow, you had a lot too. Yeah. Do we have any listener shout outs or emails or... Anything we need to handle this week? Because I have one if you don't. Oh, I have a couple. Oh, okay. Do you want to go first? I would. Okay, go ahead. Um, I just want to send some love to Kesha, my former high school classmate and current Facebook pal. Love you, girl. That's all. Okay. And my sister, Colleen, want to give a shout out. Thanks for the classy, as always, encouragement. Aw, Colleen. (laughs) She slid into our DMs (laughs) in a classy way because that's how she is. Our friend Martha D. Yeah, yeah. She contacted me mm-hmm. and shared her week's searches. If you would like to hear some of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Golden Road Brewery, Dodger Stadium, Wire Road Signage, Highway 65 Sinkhole, Margot Robbie, Cali Squeeze Blood Orange, and The Light Box. Mm. I know. Now, remember last week when we talked about Martha's dog, Baxter? Baxter! Baxter! And how he was eating grass like a lawnmower? Yes, yes. Baxter had to have surgery this week. (gasps) Oh, my. Yes. Did he have some kind of blockage or something that he was trying to unblock by eating all that grass? He was trying to yak it up. Oh, my gosh. Let me just show you what was stuck inside of Baxter. I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. (laughs) This (laughs) is what was stuck inside of Baxter. (gasps) What is that? It's a small dog squeak toy. It's like a stuffed animal. They had to perform surgery and cut it out of him. What kind of dog is Baxter again? Well, here. I have a picture of him post-surgery. He's a Labradoodle. Oh, I Look love how... Labradoodles so much. I think right now Martha might give you both of her Labradoodles. I bet she would. How cute is he? Oh, he's adorable, but he sounds like a real pain in yeah, the ass. That's Baxter. Baxter, dude. Look at the look in his eyes. I know. He was not feeling great, but he. this was when he was on his way home. So shout out to Baxter and Martha, who shelled out all the money to save Baxter. And Martha keeps stroking our egos because she sends us lots of ego stroking oh my messages gosh. on um, release day. So keep it up because we hate it. We hate it so much. <laughs> When Martha sent me her searches, she also included this. I am freaking obsessed with your podcast. Is it Tuesday yet? <laughs> How nice is that? Aww. You know what Hopper said? What'd Hopper she needs say? one every day. Oh, geez. I told her we'd have to go live. Yes. And she said that she's fine with that. Oh, okay. Well, it would so. only well, it only take two hours out of every day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And you'd have to listen to a lot of oh, fumbling and bumbling. You guys. It takes a lot of editing to make us seem halfway smart. Mm-hmm. Not it, even smart. She, Just. she is not lying to you. <laughs> we dumb. Just to sound like we, we halfway know what's going on around us in the world. 
and how to use words. <laughs> Them words is hard. Yeah. <laughs> So, Martha, keep sending us your searches. I love them. Other people, send us your searches. Yes, we want to hear your searches. How could they send those searches to us, Bria? They can send them to delete this history podcast at gmail.com if they love email. If they want to slide into our DMs, they can go to at DTHGals on Instagram and Twitter. And we even have a Facebook page now. Delete this history. That's, that's how you do it. It is how you do it. You know what? What? I think that you and I should go delete our history. Do Netflix. Goodbye. Bye bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTH Gals. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Fact errors provided by laziness and, um, what was it? Forgetfulness. Oh, yeah.